0: Hello, everyone. I'm Joan Kenley welcoming you to the Joan Kenley Show. We have a great program for you today about practical intuition from A to Z. So now it's time to delve right into the world of intuition. Eileen Caddy once said, Cease trying to work everything out with your minds. It will get you nowhere. (laughs) Live by intuition and inspiration and let your whole life be a revelation. Now, that's what I call a great quote. We'll be having a fascinating conversation about how you can use intuition in your life. And we have some very intuitive guests with us, Sharon Francomont and Megan Doherty. Sharon is the Education Director for the Life Science Foundation and is an international speaker, trainer, and coach on intuition and innovation. She's the author of three books, including You Already Know What to Do, and is working on her newest book, Intuition's Role in Your Health and Well-Being. Sharon is also a co-founder of the Annual Prayer Vigil for the Earth in Washington, D.C., Megan Doherty is currently getting an advanced degree at the new College of California North Bay campus, and she recently changed careers from retail management to corporate community outreach. In 2000, she worked as a representative for an NGO at the United Nations, and Megan says intuition has been a constant influence in her life and that a balance of intuition and intellect guide her in most of the major decisions she makes. Sharon, would you like to begin? Well, there are two
1: answers to that, Joan. One is my grandmother, Ethel Frankemont, was a very intuitive person, and so I grew up with her in the background, talking about things she knew ahead of time, and also my mother frequently had dreams that she would tell us around the kitchen table, and they would come true. And the second thing is quite a bit more dramatic. When I was 27, my closest friend was killed in a car accident, and that evening, I had a visitation with her. That must have been a big surprise. It was completely <laughs> unexpected in my life. And the simple way to describe it is she came to me as living light. She was like little pinpoints of stars. and I was, It was That's gorgeous. <laughs> it was gorgeous. And I was sort of shocked because a beam of light came out of her head, or where her head would be, yes. and straight into to my thought process and she said I'm very frightened and the background is that we've been very close friends and it talked about philosophy and spirituality and I was shocked because all my training didn't teach me that someone who dies is scared you know and I found myself able to do the same thing she did I felt my energy all whirl up and I shot back a thought to her and I said there's no reason to be frightened you've been a person of love your whole life and she it started to fade away just like on star trek people fade away yes yes. and she was gone and i never have seen her again what Uh, a profound experience it it was huge it was huge afterwards i went into my living room and i uh, obviously it was four o'clock in the morning i could not go back to sleep Mm -hmm. and i was a psychologist so i knew this could be a crisis apparition Well, tell the audience
0: what a crisis apparition is. A crisis
1: apparition is. is something when you know someone has died and you're startled, you might see a force or something that looks like a ghost. Oh, I see. So I knew that this could be possible, but I didn't care. I was so profoundly affected by it that I dedicated my life to the meaning behind this connection and this event. And I will say that since that age of 27, it has been a spectacular experience to follow my footsteps or the footsteps of those ahead of me in the search for intuition.
0: Well, we've talked before on this program about how your life can change in a moment or an hour or in a minute, and so this is one of those great ahas in life that turned you onto another path. And so then you've written books and you've made your life work into this wonderful adventure of intuition and innovation and how other people can benefit from your research and from what you've done. That's correct. It's still going on. And we'll we'll get back to more of that, and Megan... (laughs) You are the daughter of an intuitive mother, I so am. tell us about
2: that, because you were how old when she had this experience? I was probably about five years old, five mm-hmm. and a half years old. Um, she didn't tell me about this experience at the time. I didn't learn about it until much later in life, but it was very obvious to watch transformation happen for her, from living a very traditional lifestyle to pursuing very alternative ideas at the time. Um, we were living in a more conservative area of the country as well. So she definitely stood out from the crowd. Um, Not that she always didn't stand out, but <laughs> no, no, but in a different way. I understand. Um, so, uh, most of my life has been spent with a mother who is pursuing very alternative ideas um, and pursuing the idea of intuition and how that can have a big impact on your life in very subtle ways.
0: So. Well, how would you describe subtle ways of having impact in your life? Because you are a very intuitive young woman. And what are some of the ways you use intuition in your life path?
2: Well, you know, it's interesting. In fact, I use it all the time.
0: I know uh, you do. Yeah, I
2: do. Uh, but it's subtle because it's it's so integrated with the way I make decisions in my everyday life. Mm-hmm. Um, like things like having a decision to make and Looking at the different options you have, uh, I usually pick one option and sort of take a step towards it and test it and see how it feels in my body, see how I feel in response to it, if it feels like it it fits, Mm -hmm. like it's appropriate. And not from a logical place necessarily, but from something much deeper within you that doesn't necessarily make sense, but you can feel the sensation of it. Mm -hmm. And if I get that cue is okay, then I take another step towards it and you know and that's so, and how, how so
0: how your heart feels for instance absolutely and whether it brings peace to you when you think about it those kinds of things yes. just from what i know about you
2: yes very important and and also you you understand the experience of of having a different reaction you know when things don't go well or when something just doesn't fit and you can't explain why but you're certain that it doesn't feel right. I don't feel right pursuing this. I need to choose a different path or make a slightly different decision. It's those little things. And I think so many people have this. We just wash it over as if it's it's nothing important. And it is. In
0: fact, something that pricks your your curiosity, for instance, or something, as you say, that doesn't feel comfortable It's like a dress that doesn't fit or a shoe right. that gives you a blister. It's like, oh, I better pay attention to what this feeling is. And Absolutely. as you watched Megan grow up and follow her path, Sharon, what were some ways that you observed her growing in her intuitive way of living? Well, one thing I want to say is she's describing
1: something for our audience that actually has a name. And that is clairsentience. Right, right. And that is the clear feeling and it's body based intuition. You bet. And many people overlook body based intuition. And when, so for example, as a teacher, if I would have said to uh, Megan, oh, imagine a picture in your mind. Well, that not, may not be how her intuition works. Right. Clearly, she is much more attuned to her body and how her body feels in comparison to clairvoyance. Mm-hmm. So, which is more of a seeing. Which is more of a seeing. And then other people are clairaudient, and they actually hear things, and they're sensitive to the kinds of sounds that are around them and the sounds that arise within their bodies. Well, now, how do you
0: perceive your intuition? Are you Clairaudient or Clairsentient or what? (laughs) Well, my expertise has been throughout life more
1: Clairvoyant. I have very strong visions. Obviously, you can see the first experience that I had was a visionary experience. Of course, I had it also impacted my body because I felt this shoot up. You know this incredible beam of light but i want to go back to megan and say that um as i'm observing her and i think as we observe ourselves mm-hmm. we can tell when a person is internally happy and joyful and i find that we are that way when we are in connection with our deep spirit our self, our wisdom our illumination which i call intuition
0: that's such a beautiful way to frame it, Sharon. And there's another subject I want to cover. I think our listeners would be curious to learn more about what you've branded as in when referring to someone's intuition quotient rather than their IQ. Isn't that so? That's
1: right. Uh, we all are familiar with the IQ. Definitely. The and ins- emotional. Right. Q. And emotional uh, intelligence. Intelligence. That I uh, trademarked INQ for into intuitive intelligence, which I think is a, um, some people say, that intuition is the highest form of the intellect because it has such a broad spectrum that it takes into account. Mm -hmm. It takes into account things that are not available to our conscious minds. And not only does it take into account things that are part of our lives, but as you become uh, familiar with your intuition, you will be amazed at how your intuition takes into account other people's decisions and needs, and everything kind of works together synchronistically and synergistically to that sacred synchronicity yeah, comes in to move in there. things
0: forward. And it's not a, it, it actually takes time out of the picture, doesn't it? Because you can sense things in the future or know more about the past.
1: Absolutely, very much so. In fact, one of the examples I can give you is the experience people have in love and attraction, Mm -hmm. whether it's romantic love or friendship love, as we've shared, or obviously uh, the recognition of my daughter, who I saw before she was born, by the way. And um, experiences like that, I have often wondered, as I'm sure your audience has, As I'm curious, too, what is happening when I see someone and I know instantly that
0: they belong in my life? That does happen. And, in fact, sometimes it can happen, and the person only drops into your life for a short time and drops out. I mean, I used to think when... I had an intuitive connection with someone that that person would probably be part of my life forever because there was this recognition you talk about. And I've learned through life that someone can come into your life for a very specific person and almost drop out immediately when that connection is over or has been fulfilled have you noticed that yes oh definitely Megan
2: how have you well I've had people there are those lifelong friends of course I've I've had both of those you know um the person that comes to mind for me is my best friend Nova who who showed up in my life and I recognized her right away yeah and in fact after about an hour of talking with her when I was 15, I ran into my house and woke my mother up and said, I found my best friend. Oh, wow. I'm going to know her forever. I, you know, I called her my Lori, my mom's close friend. Yes. Know, she's yes. known for years. But there's certainly people that come in and out of life too quickly. And Nova has stayed. May Nova I? has stayed. Yes. Nova <laughs> stayed. Um, but there's definitely people that come in and out of your life as well. Um, and have profound impact as well. Um, I recently was an intern for the United Religions Initiative mm-hmm. in Presidio in San Francisco. And I've met, I met several people there. One of the people I met when I met her, I recognized her right away. Um, and not recognized like I'd met her before, but recognized like, who are you? Yes. you you're someone to me. A fellow know. traveler. Yes, yes. And, um, Through her, I just met an an amazing amount of people that I know are going to be important connections for me
3: Mm -hmm.
2: uh, throughout my education and possibly throughout my career. But my time working as an intern for her and Possibly the time that i 'm going to spend with her is, has pretty much passed by, but she has made connections to other people yes that happens. for me that that has that will have a big impact on my life
0: and I think something I would like to bring up too is that intuition can save your life, for instance, I was parked downtown in the village near here in Montclair, and I looked. I was getting into my car, and I looked down the street, and no cars were coming, and I noticed that my sunglasses were in the back seat. So I very carefully opened the back door, and I leaned clear across the seat, and just my legs were holding the door open, so it wasn't open wide, and I had a really strong intuition to stay still. In the next second, a car came by and blew off the door and the side mirror, and If I had stood up, I would have been killed. And, of course, this person was a lawyer and said that I opened the door into traffic. And, of course, you just say to yourself, how can... People tell stories like this when he could have almost killed me. But you see, intuition froze me at exactly the right moment because no cars were coming when I looked down the street and made this movement into the car. Legally, you're not supposed to have those doors open, of course. But since I did, I was visited with this moment of knowing that this was the moment to not move. And so you see, we sometimes are gifted by this when we're just simply looking for our sunglasses. Well, we'll need to wrap up this first segment. It's gone by so quickly. I'd just like to mention that we all have such respect for Willis Harmon and the work he did at the Institute of Noetic Sciences. And he said that most of us are living on the periphery of consciousness while intuition invites us into the center. So we want to go to that center and ask whether you've ever had a dream that comes true or experienced an instant connection to another person that you just can't explain. If so, you won't want to miss how this may be intuition already at work in your life. Don't go away.
3: You found it, and it's different. The Joan Kenley Show. What's not to love about The Joan Kenley Show, where talking truly matters?
0: Hello, I'm Joan Kenley. Welcome back to The Joan Kenley Show. We're talking today about the world of intuition, a topic to touch your mind, body, heart, and soul. And we have so much to share Alan Alda once said, you have to leave the city of your comfort and go into the wilderness of your intuition. What you'll discover will be wonderful. What you'll discover is yourself. And that's what we're talking about today, how intuition is very personal, pertinent, useful, and practical. We have with us Sharon Frankemont, who is the Education Director of the Life Science Foundation and is an international speaker and coach On intuition and innovation. Megan Doherty has recently changed careers from retail management to corporate community outreach, and Megan has used intuition as the center of her life. Although intuition frequently is a topic these days, the whole field of intuition is not new. It is, was, and will continue to be a timeless resource in every culture of the world. It's been said that intuition is a spiritual faculty that does not explain, but simply points the way. We'll see what that means as we continue the conversation. But first, a bit of history. The first written records of the intuitive process are found in the works of seers, oracles, medicine people, philosophers, and diviners in ancient cultures, And in Western traditions, the topic occupied the thoughts of many great teachers. But with the dawn of the scientific age, intuition went somewhat into the background due to its lack of laboratory predictability. Oh, gosh. But intuition did not disappear. In fact, many creative and scientific breakthroughs give public credit to it as sudden flashes of intuition at the source. The famous psychologist Carl Jung proposed that intuition is one of the four ways human beings process the world. Sharon, I'd like our listeners to hear how you define intuition, what it is and isn't, and a good way to look at it in everyday life.
1: Well, oftentimes people talk about intuition if they're willing to even talk about intuition. True. If they're not too nervous to reveal to others that intuition is an important part of their life. But they can think of intuition as helping them get in parking spots. That's one of the most familiar things. Or perhaps someone they know when someone's going to call them on the phone. Mm-hmm. And they pick people do talk and they about that, yes. Of what that is. Or sometimes they will talk about intuition as um, a hunch about anything or a gut feeling gut feeling or my heart women pretend to say my heart told me so men tend to say it my gut said so but the important thing is that intuition is uh, a huge topic yes in in my um definition of intuition i call it a full spectrum uh, experience for a human being it can come through our body as instinct, through our emotions as kind of psychic phenomena, through our creativity as the aha moment, through pattern recognition and system recognition, which is very important. The, uh, another way that it comes is a vision of your future. Another way intuition happens, which I think is the most exciting right now, is that it happens in community.
0: And of course, that's what we're going to get into in the next hour, not only community, but how global change can happen. Yeah. So Megan, I think you have a story to tell us about how intuition affected your life and one of your
2: relationships. Sure, yeah. Quite some time ago, I was living in the Northeast, and I was dating a a guy who was fantastic, really fit well for me in so many ways. We got along very well. We liked doing the same things. We were both very active. Uh, We were in the same business. And... Really good looking guy, well educated, you know, the, the perfect guy. The perfect guy. Except he wasn't the perfect guy. <laughs> um, you know, even family members who met him really liked him, but it just, it didn't fit. And I couldn't explain why. And in fact, I think I really spent quite a bit of time trying to convince myself that he was the right guy and that it, I should feel like this is the right person, but it just not work. And that's all work. logic, isn't it? When you yes, go that that's direction. Logic. That was my head trying to talk me into the picture. Yes, yes. And it just didn't quite work. In the end, uh, I, I did break it off with him, um, with really not a whole lot of good reasons to tell him why it didn't work, except that I, it just didn't feel right. And, uh, you know, lucky for me that I've, I've moved on and found somebody else that that does feel right with. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Who, who knows? I couldn't explain it.
0: Well, except you have just explained it. Yes. You had an intuitive feeling. So did you watch this play out for a Yes, show? certainly.
1: It reminds me of a James Stevens quote, which I just love. My heart knows today what my head will understand tomorrow. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I <love> that. <laughs> and I think, yes, of course I saw that. And I must confess that I really was enchanted by this young man and was so hoping that it would work out. So I was one of the people that didn't have an intuitive (laughs)
0: feeling, And that's good for the audience to know because the expert in intuition doesn't always have the answer for her family or her life, but we're all human.
1: I certainly was feeling the logic fit. Lit together, and he was an extraordinary young man. I happen to be very happy with who she chose now,
0: so that we all work. are <laughs> but in your own life, you have used intuition when you 've had career decisions and all kinds of things and in fact, when you decided to write your book, it seemed to follow a path that you 'd been not waiting for all your life but waiting for the right time right i
1: can there 's a very nice story about that. I was uh, actually, at that time in my life, a great many ways that I was earning money had fallen apart, Mm -hmm. and I had left the university, and I was no longer teaching there, and I was not getting the students that I got in the beginning for my private classes, and so I was a bit worried. And one morning, I was lying in my bed and uh, pondering, what was I going to do, and should I put more flyers out, and all the things that people do when they work for themselves, when I heard a still voice say to me, just make that telephone call. And I looked around the room. Of course, I'm experienced at this, but I still was startled. It was very clear. Just make that telephone call. It gives me goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> so I got up, and of course I didn't forget this, but I pretty much, like everyone else, put it on the back burner. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what it was. Ta- what this voice was trying to convey. And I was in the kitchen making tea. And my phone rang. And I picked it up, and it was Colleen Morrow from the Intuition magazine. And she was a very good friend of mine, and she said, Hey, uh, Tarcher of Putnam and Penguin Putnam, Tarcher has just called me, and they want a book written on intuition. (laughs) And I (laughs) got three people that I'm going to recommend, and I'd like you to be one of them. And I demurred. You I said, didn't? I did. I oh, said, whoa. I mean, how many people get called to write a book?
0: You know? well, I didn't know this story, so it's very interesting. <laughs> oh,
1: no, I demurred. I said, you know, I'm not a writer. Oh, sure. Which Aww. was true. <laughs> I was, I didn't see myself as a writer, and I don't know that I would have enough to take a full book. So to make a long story short, I, um, I basically almost hung up on her. But just before I did, she said to me, Sharon, Will you just make the phone call? Will
0: you just make the phone call? (laughs) Oh, what a great friend.
1: (laughs) And the minute she said that, I took down the number and called. And I just, to tell the audience, I still demurred. It took me seven months to get in my proposal. Everybody else got theirs in in one month and they waited for mine. And the day that Jeremy Tarcher read it, he called me on the phone and said he wanted my book.
0: And that's You Already Know What to Do, which is a wonderful title because it does tell everyone that you have it in you now. Just ask for it. And in fact, good instincts tell us what to do long before our head has figured it out. So does that mean instincts and intuition have something in common? Well, we need to take a break, so we're going to close this segment by asking even more questions. Is intuition something that you are born with, or is it something you can learn? Are women more intuitive? You'll be interested in what our guests have to say. Keep listening, and we'll keep talking.
3: The Joan Kenley Show, talk radio your way. Dr. Joan Kenley, taking talk radio to the next level.
0: Hello, I'm Joan Kenley. Welcome back to the Joan Kenley Show. You're tuned into the world of conversation today. And Jonas Salk said, It's always with excitement that I wake up in the morning wondering what my intuition will toss up to me like gifts from the sea. Well, intuition is a human experience Maybe an animal experience, too, but we are all born with it one way or the other. There are no intuition quotients at birth, with some people getting more and others less. But because of environment or a variety of reasons, some people tune into and develop this ability and nurture it into a skill, and others do not. Our friend Peter Senge, author of The Fifth Discipline, says people with high levels of personal mastery do not set out to integrate reason and intuition. Rather, they achieve it naturally, as a byproduct of their commitment to use all the resources at their disposal. Certainly, that's the right idea. Our fascinating guests today are Sharon Frankemont, who has been involved in intuitive work for 30 years, and authored the definitive book on intuition with the interesting title, You Already Know What to Do. Megan Doherty, Sharon's daughter, is an excellent intuitive herself, and she is currently getting an advanced degree at the New College of California, North Bay Campus. We're going to be talking about common misconceptions about intuition. Are women really born with more intuition than men? Is what you're born with all you get? Sharon, how would you address some misconceptions people have about intuition?
1: Yes, I think for the men in the audience, I want you to know right away that intuition is part of your life, too. Absolutely. (laughs) uh, And I'm uh, always very excited to be able to tell men and women that we share this as a way of accessing knowledge and communion with each other. Behind this idea is that the thought that we have this intuition quotient as you mentioned that someone for example an Einstein is born with uh, much more intuition than someone else Even though he's
0: known as a scientist and physicist.
1: That's true. But, for example, Einstein, since he was small, he really loved space. Yes. So every single day in his life, and he was a very curious person, he would imagine himself getting on a BMO light and going out into space. Which is a perfect picture for him, isn't it? Absolutely, totally. And you can see that if you look deeply into these questions, as I have done, I used to, too, believe that some people were greater with intuition than others. But now what I believe really firmly is the key is love. What you love, what your deepest curiosity about, is what you are intuitive about. The scientist has intuition about science, the musician about music. We have intuitions based on what it is we are invested in and uh, find meaningful in our and, lives.
0: And intuition is greatly connected with imagination, which you mentioned about Einstein. And one of his quotes is, imagination is more important than knowledge. And he's known, of course, for his knowledge. And I also just want to add, sort of
1: an a side note, that Einstein's theories, I think, still haven't found their way into our day-to-day life because basically they blow apart the idea of time yes, in indeed. the way that we think about time. Mm-hmm. And But we haven't incorporated that because we look in the, wa- you know, in the mirror, particularly at my age, and you notice that you're aging, so therefore time is very present. And it seems as if everything is happening in an orderly fashion. I could talk a long time about this, but just to sort of twist your mind a little bit, Think about this. The Greeks believed that their future was behind them, mm. and their past was in front of them.
0: So interesting. Mind-bending, actually. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> so just to let you know that we have these kinds of ideas about time that may or may not be relevant. And My brother, when he lived in Peru, he was very excited to say that the Andean people believed that time was very... Uh, operate like a spiral. So I might actually be closer to someone that lived 500 years than I am to my own mother. Interesting concept. Yeah. And uh, our sound producer, Sean, was saying, well, oh, what about deja vu? Right. Very good point. Uh, you know, and I said, yes, this is part of the intuitive process, even though we know it is happening in the frontal lobe from the research of a surgeon named uh, William Penfield. But then he said, yeah, I've had deja vus that last for a long time. It's weird.
0: (laughs) Weird and (laughs) wonderful.
1: (laughs) And uh, and I immediately said, it's not weird. The single most important thing the listener can do to create their intuition is to recognize that this is a normal part of human life. You were born to know what you know. You're designed to know what you know.
0: I like that framework a lot. (laughs) And, in fact, Megan, when you were thinking about the subject of this particular part of the show and we were talking about misconceptions about intuition, what are some of the things that you find in your friends that might be a misconception about intuition?
2: Well, I think one of the misconceptions or a lot of misconceptions happen about intuition is that it's something abnormal, although in many other cultures around the world it's it's perfectly part of our human experience. But also that intuition is written off as instinct or as sort of just a response to things rather than an actual intelligence. Or something to grow and develop. Yes, yes. So
0: ha- how have you grown and developed yours because of your influence from your mother?
2: Uh, well, I think it came in at a very young age, lucky for me. Yes. Um But I think that it grows and develops almost naturally for me, and it's a constant learning for me, and I think for everyone, because the way I use intuition in my daily life, you're constantly testing the the waters of intuition and testing how intuition can work in your life and what effect it can have on your life. Haven't you ever said to yourself,
0: why didn't I follow my intuition because this and this and this happened? Yes, of course. And then you have a list of
2: regrets (laughs) (laughs) that had you just listened to yourself in the first place, uh, you wouldn't, you wouldn't end up in a few of the messes that you end up in. Or, you know, I also think your intuition is a guiding force. So it always brings you back Mm -hmm. to, um,
3: to center, to, to a
2: center, to who you are, to what your passions are. It leads back to those things. And. Ultimately, you may take different paths to reach the same knowings, but ultimately intuition is going to guide you to having the same experience or maybe different experiences, but the same knowledge. If you are tuning in. Yes. I mean, I think this is what is so important
0: is that if we don't acknowledge intuition, we don't think about it, we can't grow it, we can't use it. And so one of the purposes of the show today is to get people using it and thinking about it, reading Sharon's books and going online, and all of Sharon's uh, web information will be on our website so that people can access her work and her theories and her practicalities about intuition. I think one of the
1: most important things is simply to learn to relax and go inward. Tell us more about that. The simple thing that you can do is to learn how to follow your breath. This is a common uh, exercise, but as common as it is, I'll say for myself, I use it almost every day. And that exercise is simply to breathe in in a natural way and pay attention to your breathing in and count one as you breathe in and count two as you breathe out. One, two. Mm-hmm. One, two, in and a everyone way. Everyone can do that. And you'll find yourself, within a few minutes, as, as quickly as two minutes, you will find yourself deeply relaxing. All your muscles in your body start to soften. And mm-hmm. as you get into that softened space, it's possible to go inward. And to simply ask the question of your intuition, what is mine to do
0: today? Which is a great question. And in fact... There are times when I was curious about what was happening with my voice clients when I was teaching them to breathe differently. Many other things in their life began to change. Of course, I had to teach them a relaxation exercise in order for them to breathe deeply, in order for them to change their voice. But Truly the life-changing things happened along with the voice-changing wonderfulness that happened, too So it's all in keeping with we have to breathe in to the moment and breathe into ourselves and find out what's there
1: I'm very excited to say that I'm working at the Center for uh, spirituality and healing and We're developing an online learning module for your audience wonderful on the role of intuition in health and well-being I would like to give a few examples of how intuition has influenced people for their well-being and also for their healing. A good friend, Ann Drizzle, she's a computer specialist, and she's worked for the city of Washington, D.C., and right now she's working for Quest. Mm -hmm. And uh, she had noticed that she was very tired. But all of us are working so hard these days, she sort of dismissed the tiredness. Mm -hmm. And her daughter, who lives in London, was coming to see her, and she was driving home to go see her daughter, and she was driving home, and she suddenly said, I'm too tired. Something's wrong. I have got to go into the emergency room. Wow. So she went into the emergency room, and they did some series of tests and discovered that she was bleeding internally, and this is what had been going on. She was diagnosed on the spot with colon cancer, operated on within a few days, and she recovered completely. There was no spread of the cancer. And this was strictly an intuitive response. She had nothing at all, no clue that this particular tiredness was different than all the other tirednesses. And she, you know how much she had to overcome in her logic when she was going home to see her daughter from London. Absolutely. So that's one example of how intuition was very direct.
3: Mm-hmm. Go
1: do this. Like we talked earlier in the show about avoiding accidents. Mm-hmm. Another friend, Louise Delagren, who works at the university, told me this story. She had repeated dreams all the time of going on a cruise. She would see herself being waited on, you know, they'd bring the food and dancing and and when she'd wake up in the morning, she said, What is this? I'm not a cruise type. I'm a bicyclist. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, I'm an outdoor woman. Don't take me there. I, I'm not interested in a cruise. But she kept having that dream over and over again and she finally had a great aha. She said, Oh, what I need is a vacation where I do Nothing. Oh ho, (laughs) that's what this cruise is speaking
0: to me Mm -hmm. about. My well-being needs to be taken care of from top to bottom. So she had an insight, and we haven't used that word yet today, but actually an intuitive aha brings an insight that then takes us to the different place that it gives us to go.
1: Right, and her intuition was probably trying to hit her on the head in other ways. Dream after dream after dream. (laughs) Right, but she had to interpret the symbol. Yes, exactly. She had to stop, take a deep breath, and say, what's going on here? What's trying to speak to me?
0: That reminds me of an Albert Einstein quote that Megan and I were talking about in the break. He said, the intuitive mind is a sacred gift, and the rational mind is a faithful servant. So now I'd like to ask everyone, can intuition change your life, and can it change the world? Stay tuned to hear inspiring answers to this timely question. You'll be glad you did.
3: Ready for more? Dr. Joan Kenley continues in a moment log on to joankenley.com that's k-e-n-l-e-y to learn more and listen to archived shows invite your friends and family to listen to the joan kenley show
0: hello i'm joan kenley and i'm back with the joan kenley show We're talking more about intuition, and it's been said that each one of us has the capacity to transform ourselves and our organization on a continuous basis. Some of us just don't know it yet. Well, we're trying to know everything we can today, and truly, from boardrooms to the breakfast rooms in our own homes, whatever our path, tuning into intuition is essential for solving the problems of our world community the health of our planetary environment, and the evolution of humankind. Most importantly, it is a critical tool that we must use together in our intentions and our actions to see that there is global healing for the generations to come. Our guests, Sharon Francomont and Megan Doherty, have been weaving their inspired suggestions and expertise into the many topics we've already covered. Well, if you want to share this program with friends, Just know it's archived at joankenley.com. That's K-E-N-L-E-Y. So, Sharon, could you please talk to us about how you see the global community working together at the intuitive level? This is the most
1: exciting part of intuition right now, after my 30-year career with intuition, and that is the collaborative intuitive experience, the experience of a group of people. We see it on TV mm. when you're watching a team that suddenly knows how to play, and they're just everybody knows what to do, and, and they're suddenly scoring 10 points, 15 points, winning. And they call it in the zone. They're in the zone. They're in the zone or peak performance. Yes, in yes. the zone is always part of peak performance. I'm struck by a very famous soccer player, Brazil's most famous, Pelé. People used to say, well, how do you know how to kick that, per- that ball to the person behind you? And he'd say, oh, that's nothing. I just go up and look down and see where everybody is in the field. <laughs> <laughs> so he had a completely oh different body experience. But this collaborative intuition, I think, is important for two things. First is that through this process, enough of us will have a deep relationship with nature, a dialogue with nature. We will feel the environment calling us to a higher level of of awareness and respect of the environment itself. Sometimes I go with the Gaia philosophy that the earth is alive mm. and is calling yes. all of us like cells in her being to a higher order of existence with her as a very important part that we need to plan and not use her. So that's one part. The second part is I like to say that when we're working with intuition and we are in this collaborative space, it doesn't matter where you live in the world. You can know that it's important for you to touch this colleague to invite invite them into this project, or this is the moment that you need to do your own work so that others can grow. And you start watching how the different different pieces fit together that are going on. It's very exciting. It's very electrifying and energizing. And the third piece I would say, because I do like theory and thought, is... There are some people that believe, as I do, that the human race began using instinct as its way of processing the world. And we did that for thousands of years. And then we went to another way, in this neocortex, this intellectual way, of processing the world came in. And that's when we started organizing our farming and our cities and living more in a logical intuition way. And the rational world. And the rational world. And then the third way I think we're going is toward the third eye, which is intuitive. And I feel that's very important because intuition has to do with illumination and wisdom. Clearly, we need to have wisdom and the biology
0: of wisdom included in our plans for the future for our planet and our global community. Well, the people who are working so hard for sustainability, I know, are thinking of environmental gases and resources and what we can do to save the planet. It's a very big conversation right now, certainly among the people we know, but they aren't necessarily putting intuition into that conversation. And so I think it's very important that we not leave it out because we can't just logically plan how to save something. We need to use as Einstein said, the imagination which is so hooked into intuition that they could be twins. You know, <laughs> right? That kind of thing. And Megan, I know that you are a very green person and very
2: much involved in sustainability. In fact I think that's what you're involved in at school now. Yes. Isn't it? Yes, it's definitely it's a program I'm interested in in becoming more active in. Um but I I also I think with that, um one of the things that I've been looking at in my studies is the connection between uh Mankind, nature, Mm -hmm. and religion and intuition. I really feel like as, as mankind has evolved into this intellectual, uh, we've segregated ourselves or separated ourselves away from nature. Mm -hmm. Um, so nature feels like a separate entity from us. Which is not exactly the way it's supposed to be. No, we are (laughs) a very active part of nature. Um, and with that separation, somehow I feel like we have lost our our understanding of our own intuition. Nature is a very active ingredient in intuition. And I think a simple way to start uh, building a relationship again with intuition is by spending more time in nature and viewing nature not as something separate from ourselves, but as something that we are an active piece of. And, in fact, that's where we find our inner peace
0: is when we are in silence and when we are in nature and when we move away from the busyness and the doingness of life, which we talk about a lot on this show, is that If you want to go inside, as you were saying, Sharon, with your intuitive self, you do need space. You do need quiet. You do need nature. And so we have to invite our listeners to say that there is a process involved in inviting intuition into your life. You can't just say, oh, well, now I'm going to use my intuition and have it happen automatically. There might be something that shifts just because you have the idea. But the process and the practice of intuition is actually a discipline But it's a lovely discipline. Wouldn't you agree, Sharon? Oh, absolutely. The simple thing
1: you can do is when you go to sleep at night is to ask your intuition to help you the following day. It's such a simple thing. And or for example, you get up in the morning and you have your priority list either on your desk or you in your home and you look and say, Okay. Intuition, breathe deeply, what is it that you would like me to begin with? Mm -hmm. If you just practice that, even two days a week, you would notice the difference in the day when you choose by your intuitive wise self the place in which you enter the day rather than by your logical self. That builds, that capacity builds. It's a simple technique that I really urge people to do.
0: Well, frankly, one day I woke up in the world a couple of years ago and I said to myself, which I've shared with you before, I wanted my life to be full of ease, peace, joy, and meaning. And from the day I actually said those words out loud, things did start to change in my life because I was such a doer and an Intuitor, but I wanted something different as I moved ahead. I wanted to invite another energy into my life. And just framing it with those four words connected me more to my inner purpose and what was supposed to unfold. And often I say the words, well, I need to be in conversation with the universe. Well, that's really being in conversation with my intuition and the larger picture of my life. It's a testimony. It's a testimony
1: to the power of of the large intuitive world, of which we are connected, of which we are a part, as Megan said.
0: And indeed, and if we could have a prayer, because you co-founded the Prayer Vigil for Earth in Washington, D.C., and that brings many prayer groups and many nationalities together. But if we were going to have a prayer about inviting intuition into our lives, what would it sound like? What would it look like? Mm. Dear Universe, I invite you to influence my
1: life, to guide my day, to guide my hour, to guide my thoughts, to guide my emotions, to guide my connections, to guide my relationships. Let me be
0: part of this divine design that you have for a better world. Well that couldn't be more perfect. Megan, I want to thank you for being with us today. You always infuse my life with new ideas and new inspiration and we have to learn in both directions and you in your early 30s are one of my great inspirations as I watch your life and Sharon you are a life friend and partner in all that we do in the circles we're in and in the visions we have for life. So thank you so very much for being here. Thank you so much. Thank Joan. You, Jean Shinoda Bolin, who was on our show, says, To know how to choose a path with heart is to learn how to follow intuitive feeling. Logic can tell you superficially where a path might lead to, but it cannot judge whether your heart will be in it. Those are good words to remember. I'd like to say thanks.